The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Star Wars Day, everyone. This is Happy Beeps. I am Jennifer Landa, and today we're going to celebrate an integral part of Star Wars. You heard that right. Friends, this is a very exciting show because today we have Chewbacca himself as my sound engineer. Thanks for your help today, Chewie. You know, this episode came about because I was recently thinking about Star Wars as we all do, and wondering why it has become a fixture in our popular culture. You could point to any number of reasons, from the talented actors, to the creature design, to the special effects, to the powerful stories, but there is one character that is truly synonymous with Star Wars. Who's that? Chewbacca. It's Chewbacca. What noise does Chewbacca make? He's going to Wookiees have hearts of gold, yes. Yes. My daughter knows Wookiees have hearts of gold because it says so in the book, Chewie and the Porgs. It's one of our favorite bedtime stories. And one day, my daughter took my Chewbacca action figure off the shelf and she started playing with him and the little tiny porg that he came with. Soon thereafter, I was trying to find Chewie to put him back in his place when I found him tucked away in my daughter's little bag of toys. It's a bag that she carries with her everywhere that contains all of her favorite toy figures. Chewie has joined an elite club alongside Mickey and Minnie Mouse, which... (laughs) It's both funny, but it's also kind of fascinating. As a Star Wars mom, you know, I've tried to introduce her to all my favorite characters like Jabba, Yoda, the Ewoks, but I haven't gone out of my way to make her love Chewie, if you know what I mean. I mean, there's just something about him that makes adults, Maz Kanata, and two and a half year olds fall in love. Before we talk about why we love Chewbacca, let's talk about how the Wookiees came to be. I know you love the holiday special. Well, I love it too, but, you know, we gotta stay on target. We have a show to do. Thank you. Long before Star Wars, George Lucas was working on his film, THX 1138. Day and night in 1970, he and his co-editor and sound designer, Walter Murch, took turns editing the film. They needed to loop in voices for some of the characters, so George and Walter got a group of actors to sit around a table and improvise dialogue in character. One of those actors was Terry McGovern, and as he was improvising his dialogue, he uttered one word that is now legendary. Here is editor and sound designer Walter Murch talking about how that word was first created. In the middle of this dialogue, uh, you'll hear Terry McGovern say, 
I think I just ran over something back there. I think I ran over a Wookiee. This is the first emergence of the word Wookiee uh, known to man uh, in, its, uh, in the sense that we now understand it, which is it, a furry creature that uh, is troublesome. And of course, the Wookiees in THX, who lived in the shell of this environment, became the Wookiee, the large Wookiee that we all know in Star Wars. And uh, um, later on, after we'd done this recording, I asked uh, Terry, what's the Wookiee? And I said, oh, that's a, a friend of mine who lives in Texas, Ralph Wookiee. Uh, and I just, uh, you know, I threw his name in there because I always want to stick it to him, and I thought he'd get a kick out of hearing his name in a film. Flash forward to 1975, when George Lucas was finishing writing his script for Star Wars. Artist Ralph McQuarrie was hired to create artwork that could crystallize George's vision and also help convince 20th Century Fox to finance the film. Initially, George thought of Chewbacca as looking like a lemur, with fur over his whole body and a tall, ape-like figure. Ralph drew this lemur-looking character and added an ammunition bandolier and put a rifle in his hands. If you look at this original artwork, Chewie basically looks like Zeb from Star Wars Rebels, because Zeb was actually based on this original artwork by Ralph McQuarrie. So, connecting the dots. Star Wars is always connecting those dots. In George Lucas' second draft of Star Wars, then titled The Adventures of the Star Killer, Chewbacca sounds kind of scary looking. Here is an excerpt from that draft. Han turns to his companion, Chewbacca, an eight-foot-tall, savage-looking creature resembling a huge gray bush baby monkey with fierce, baboon-like fangs. His large yellow eyes dominate a fur-covered face and soften his otherwise awesome appearance. Over his matted, furry body, he wears two chrome bandoliers, a flak jacket painted in a bizarre camouflage pattern, brown cloth shorts, and little else. He is a 200-year-old Wookiee, and a sight to behold. Han speaks to the Wookiee in his own language, which is little more than a series of grunts. The young pirate points to Luke several times during his conversation, and the creature suddenly lets out a horrifying laugh. Han chuckles to himself and turns back to Luke. Just in case you couldn't tell, that was my George Lucas impersonation. Thankfully, McCory would later change his illustration of Chewbacca the Wookiee to something a little less menacing. For inspiration, George gave McCory a drawing he liked of a furry ape-like creature holding a crossbow. The artwork was actually done by Jan Schoenherr, best known for his Dune illustrations. McCoy used this artwork as a springboard to create a new, softer-looking Chewbacca. This new design would serve as a guideline for Star Wars costume designer John Molo and creature designer Stuart Freeborn. I believe it's the next steps in this Chewbacca-making process that can somewhat explain why we love this Wookiee. First ingredient in this special chewy sauce starts with the creature mask. Stuart Freeborn spent three to four weeks alone working on Chewbacca the Wookiee, shaping his face to be a combo of a dog, monkey, and cat. 
He used straight yak hair for Chewie's long hair and added a jawbone to the creature, giving Chewie a chin, which was different than the way Macquarie had illustrated it. The challenge for Stuart Freeborn was to make Chewbacca look nice, but make him also look like he could be ferocious when he wanted to be. As Stuart put it, it was fun making a monster that looked friendly and nice for a change instead of being menacing. If you look at Stuart Freeborn's sketches of Chewbacca, you will see a hairy creature that is incredibly expressive. It's all in his eyes. In one drawing, Chewie looks intellectual. In another, he looks thoughtful. And in another, he looks innocent. Stuart also sketched him with a few different hairstyles and showed him with and without a center-parted mustache. In the end, there is truly something magical about the way Stuart Freeborn arranged, parted, and combed Chewie's hair for his final look. Have you ever seen a Chewbacca costume from a random party store? You can't even imagine the things that can go wrong with that mask. I saw one for $90 online that had the most ridiculous 1970s bouffant hairstyle. The beard was reminiscent of ZZ Top, and the mustache was way too dark in comparison to the rest of the hair, which kind of had like highlights. And the expression on the mask is similar to the expression Pat used to make on Saturday Night Live. Ooh. It really makes you appreciate Stuart Freeborn's work and artistry. Trust me. Part of what shaped Stuart's design of Chewbacca was the man in the furry suit, Peter Mayhew. Because George didn't have the ability to create CGI characters at that point, he decided that Chewbacca would have to be a large man in a suit. George really liked the work that Stuart Freeborn had done on 2001 A Space Odyssey, so for Chewbacca's face, they decided to use the same mechanics that Stuart had used on the apes in 2001. Here is George in 2004 talking about how Stuart drew inspiration for the Wookiee. So he tried to take what Ralph had drawn and interpret it to use Peter Mayhew. And he is a certain structure, he has a certain way of walking, he has certain eyes, and taking his actual skeletal structure and turning that into a costume and a face that was mechanically would work. And that changes the design. I mean, just, you know, just by the nature of the reality of it, it changes it. Which brings us to the second ingredient in this special sauce, Peter Mayhew. Peter is 7'4", and he was a relatively new actor when he went to meet with up-and-coming filmmaker George Lucas. George was filming Star Wars in London, and he needed tall actors for a few key roles. When George entered the casting office, Peter politely stood up to shake his hand. George took one look at him and reportedly said to producer Gary Kurtz, I think we found him. To prepare for his role of Chewbacca, Peter studied the movements of large zoo animals like bears and gorillas. I could spend an entire show talking about Peter Mayhew and his contributions to Star Wars. Like Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, Peter has become a Star Wars ambassador for fans. He is incredibly funny, genuine, and he's given so much to fans, like taking time to write a comforting letter to a seven-year-old boy 
who had lost his friend before they could see The Force Awakens together. As an actor, you may draw upon your own experiences, personality traits, or essence to bring a character to life. It's clear that Chewbacca's kindness and sweet spirit comes from Peter's kind heart and sweet spirit. Chewie's sense of humor comes from Peter's funny mind. And while the Wookiees' movements are partially based on zoo animals, you can see Peter Mayhew's own physicality shining through. Chewbacca is now being portrayed by actor Jonas Suetamo, who is seven feet tall. Jonas recently told the Star Wars show that in preparing for the iconic role, Peter Mayhew put him through Wookiee boot camp. Say that fast five times. It's there that Jonas honed his performance as Chewbacca. He said that to get into character, you need to remember a few things. Wookiees have very good posture, but your neck should remain stiff. Then you relax your arms and smack everything like a caveman would. He actually showed on the show how he does this movement, and it's actually really tricky. I have been trying to smack a table all day, and let me tell you, it's not does not feel good. Physically, Chewbacca is imposing, slightly awkward, and truly a gentle giant. If you were to close your eyes, and I told you to imagine Chewbacca walking, it would be a pretty distinct picture. But beyond the physicality is Chewie's relationship to Han and the chemistry between Peter Mayhew and Harrison Ford that has made the two a legendary pair. When we meet the two characters for the first time in Star Wars, they seem like they've known each other for years. They're buddies, partners in crime, and it's clear that they've had some adventures and crazy times together. Thankfully, we'll be seeing more of those earlier adventures in Solo, A Star Wars Story. When I saw Chewie and Han for the first time in Return of the Jedi, I remember that I loved that Han understood everything that Chewie said. It's like having a secret language with your best friend, or what I imagined it would be like if I could understand my dog, which I'll get to in a moment. I was hooked by this world where your best friend could be a big walking carpet. No offense, of course. What I didn't find out until later on in life is that Chewbacca spoke English. Well, on set at least. In the original trilogy, Peter Mayhew spoke all of his lines in proper English. The result sounds hilarious, but I actually think it might have created a more real connection between Peter's character and Harrison's. Here's a clip from A New Hope with Peter's voice undubbed. That old man is mad. You said it, Chewie. Boy, where did you dig up that old fossil? Ben is a great man. Yeah, great at getting us into trouble. I didn't hear you give any ideas. And here is a clip from The Empire Strikes Back. Where have you been? All right, don't lose your temper. I'll come right back and give you a hand. We good. Make my report. Tell him we leave you then. Imagine you're Harrison Ford acting in a scene with a giant dog-like creature who is speaking with a British accent. I'm no Harrison Ford, but if I were playing Han Solo, I wouldn't try to ignore the accent. I'd use it. Chewie and Han 
mutually respect each other. And I don't know about you, but I greatly respect anyone who has a British accent. Yes, Han may utter some quips and jabs at Chewie now and then, but overall, he treats him with dignity. The dignity that is projected onto the character of Chewbacca makes the audience respect him, revere him. And you know what? He deserves a medal, gosh darn it. Maybe it's the fur. Maybe it's that the character is so kind and loyal. But every time I see a Chewbacca cosplayer, I have to hug them. Why? What is it about Chewie that feels so familiar to us that we want to give him a hug? Today we are going to be preparing a very succulent... I'm sure Mala's cooking is delicious, but how do we... Anyway, where were we? Ah, the familiarity of Chewbacca, yes. My original inspiration for Chewbacca was my dog, Indiana. She was the one that sat there with me as I was writing the script all the time. She'd ride in the car with me and be my co-pilot. And when she'd sit in the car, um, she would be as tall as I am. She was an Alaskan Malamute. She was very big. I thought that was a funny image. And as I was looking for a kind of alien co-pilot for Han Solo, I immediately thought of Indiana. There really is something special about our relationships with our dogs. They're human's best friend. Dogs are loyal, protectors, always ready to spring into action. Dogs are also pack animals, which is why the dog whisperer, Caesar Milan, always talks about the importance of teaching your dog that they are part of the pack. I can't help but think that that's why I never thought it was strange that Han and Chewie would be best friends. These two characters are part of a pack, and that pack later grows to include Luke and Leia. I have a chihuahua and he's a little bit of a terror, a lot of a terror, partially because he's so incredibly smart. When George Lucas first wrote the character of Chewbacca as Han Solo's co-pilot, he decided to establish the Wookiees as being a sophisticated species that were technically inclined. My dog can't drive a car, but in a galaxy far, far away, I can imagine he could. The final ingredient in this magical chewy sauce is his roar. That's your cue. <laughs> that famous roar was created by Star Wars sound designer Ben Burt. I will do a whole episode on Mr. Burt in the future, but here is just a little taste on how he created the voice of Chewbacca. Chewbacca was actually the first voice that he was hired to work on. He was told that Chewie needed to speak an intelligent language but it had to be something made out of animals. It was actually George Lucas's idea who suggested that bear sounds might work for the character. Here is Ben Burt talking about his process. So in the sort of year I spent recording preliminary sounds for Star Wars, I collected lots of bear sounds as well as walruses and lions and badgers and sick animals and you know domestic and all sorts of things. And out of all these recordings, you could extract little bits of sound, little grunts and moans and uggs and args. And I collected and put all on one tape, essentially, all these sounds which I thought had emotional feelings associated with them. You play this sound, it sounded affectionate. You played this other sound, it sounded angry. And uh, in that manner, I kind of had these categories of little sounds that 
each had an emotional tone associated with it. Chewie's voice also needed to match the way his mouth would move, since Chewie's lips don't articulate. Once he had all his sounds compiled and categorized, he began editing. He ended up with a voice that is primarily made up of bear sounds mixed with a few other animals. The final result is a voice that can sound ferocious yet kind and intimidating yet sweet, which is all perfectly Chewbacca. There's something humorous about the roar that makes him really likable. I think it's also why he's able to nail a joke with just, you know, one roar. It's not like that, of course. Making a Wookiee roar is, look, it's part of the fan experience. I mean, everyone has tried making that sound. Go ahead. I know you want to do it. <laughs> Chewie, not you. When I think of Star Wars, I think of its heroes, Luke, Leia, Han, and Chewie. Can you imagine Star Wars without that fuzzball? The moment you see that furry face on screen, or at a con, or on a t-shirt, you instantly know it's Star Wars. And you probably smile, too. It's tough for me to fully encapsulate why we love Chewbacca, or what his character means to so many. But here is one thing I know. Chewie feels much better now that he understands the situation. After all, Wookiees have hearts of gold. May the fourth be with you, friends. I hope you enjoyed celebrating Chewbacca the Wookiee with me on this special holiday. I am calling it a holiday. I know it's not nationally observed, but you know what? In our hearts, Star Wars Day is every day. So now that you've heard why I love Chewbacca, why do you love Chewie? Let me know on Twitter at Jennifer Landa, hashtag Happy Beeps, or on our Force Center Facebook page. A special thank you to Tony Thaxton for that groovy Happy Beeps theme song and ending theme. Did you know Tony can compose a Star Wars song for you? Uh-huh. Check out his page at patreon.com slash Tony Thaxton. The reason we were even able to get such awesome theme music is thanks to our patrons on Patreon. To support what we do here at Force Center, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Center. Thank you all so much for listening and for joining me on this Wookiee journey. Until next time. <coughs> mm-hmm. And beep-bop-boop. <laughs>